We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, proud part of Ramstock Radio on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's episode 200 of Butting Heads which is crazy, and I'm here with my guy Johnny Gomez as always, and in, you know, classic professional podcast fashion, we're on episode 200, and we just recorded four minutes of this podcast without it recording, so uh, Johnny, we're firing all, all cylinders tonight, uh, 200th episode, and you, we started it with a flicker, how we doing? Hey, I mean, nothing's perfect, so... Uh, it, it only goes to show you, even after 200 episodes, we're inclined to make mistakes, and that's perfectly fine. You know, we record over Facebook right now with uh, with another tool that records the audio from a Facebook video call or audio, and my settings were wrong, so I'm just going to blame Mark Zuckerberg. You know, it's an easy thing to do, uh, so that's what we're going to do, John. It's not our fault. I blame the Zuck. Blame Zuck. Yeah. Blame Meta. I mean, come on. Change the fucking name back. <laughs> but yeah, episode 200, uh, we're planning on getting a, trying to get an interview with a former Ram that we're really excited about for the anniversary, but uh, we weren't just going to not podcast. So here we are. Thank you guys for listening, whether it's episode one, whether it's episode 50 for you. If it's episode 200 for anyone, please let us know, because that is beyond crazy if somebody actually listened to all of these. I'd be very impressed if you followed us from episode one until episode 200. That would be amazing. I yeah. If you're out there, I appreciate you. Definitely let us know. We got to give you your flowers on the next pod. But uh, we're gonna wrap up the schedule preview later today. But training camp is in session, so let's start off with a little bit of actual Rams updates, which is fun. Uh, although a not so fun update: Van Jefferson hurt his knee in camp last week or this week. Time is basically non-existent for me. Um, he had successful surgery on his knee. Seems possible he's going to play week one. Everybody's optimistic about it. Sean McVay said the results are really encouraging. 
They don't have a specific timetable in place, but the fact that they're saying it's realistic, he can return by week one. He's probably not going to be out very long. Um, doesn't seem like he'll be going to the pup or the IR or anything, but you never know. It could all be coach speak right now, but reason to be optimistic. Odell's still not on the team. I mean, as recently as this week, Sean McVay said that they need to get it done and, and they're hoping to get him back, but that wouldn't affect anything here. Although the Rams are saying they are count, they aren't concerned about depth after the injury. So Johnny, are you concerned at all about depth after this injury? If we're without van for a couple weeks? No, absolutely not. And, and really the coaching staff shouldn't be either, uh, it's not as though the Rams are going to potentially be without one of their top two guys. They're not going to be without cup, uh, cup or Robinson. So, you know, not that Van Jefferson can't make a difference because Van Jefferson can absolutely be a difference maker. Just, um, he has that kind of potential, but it's week one, potentially maybe week two. So it's very early in the season. I'd rather have him miss the first few games of the season rather than, you know, somewhere down the line. Um, and on top of that, it's not as though the Rams don't have depth behind them. They may not be proven depth, but guys like uh, Tutu Atwell and Jacob Harris are waiting in the wings, waiting for an opportunity to prove themselves. I mean, we've been hearing some pretty good things about both Atwell and Harris, um, you know, coming out of training camp. And while it may be just training camp, you're never going to know what you're going to get out of either one of those guys if, you know, he's if they just sit on the bench. So I think it's going to be a good opportunity if for, uh, you know, the sophomore guys, if if uh, Van Jefferson ain't able to come in. But if he is great, I mean, we could use all the firepower we could get against a team like the Bills. Yeah, and, you know, we are obviously, on the record, not optimistic about Ben Skoranek or Tutu Atwell, but it would, especially with Tutu in particular, I mean, we, we've seen Ben in some pressure cooker situations, uh, but we haven't really seen Tutu in any meaningful game time, and so I would imagine if Van doesn't play, that spot is going to be replaced by a committee of those two, and probably to a lesser extent, Jacob Harris, maybe they run a little bit more. 12 personnel with Kendall Blanton or Bryson Hopkins alongside Tyler Higby. But yeah, yeah, I'm like, ideally Van just plays week one. But if not, I am curious to see like how they would adapt to that with these guys. Uh, and like you said, you have to see if you have something with them. Uh, we haven't seen Jacob Harris or Tutu Atwell play in a meaningful game. We've And, and you know, we've seen Skoranek and I would rather see Harris and Atwell it seems like Jacob Harris is fully a wide receiver. He's committed to playing wide receiver. The tight end thing was some weird facade. And so when you look at it from this angle that he's a receiver, it's, I think he's less exciting of a prospect, but um, certainly a guy we liked out of college regardless of his position. So it, it will be interesting to see between him and Atwell what the Rams have there. Uh, and hopefully, you know, even if Van plays, hopefully we do get to see them play a couple snaps and, I'm sure we will see a lot of those two guys in the preseason. Maybe they'll give us a little inkling of what they can or can't do in the NFL. Let's just hope they stay healthy. That'd be great. That'd be great. And I, I guess we did see Tutu in some meaningful snaps 
meaningful snaps because he did get get a little special teams time as a punt returner last year, right? I've obviously erased everything that happened on kick and punt returning before Brandon Powell showed up from my memory. Well, ideally, Brandon Powell will be the main return specialist, but I imagine that Tutu Atwell is going to try and get in some, some uh, you know, some returns here and uh, there. No way. There's no way he returns a punt this year if Powell's healthy. Uh, I mean... What would be the benefit? I mean, they already have their quote-unquote safe punt guy in Cooper Cup, uh, <laughs> and Powell's good, and they re-signed him. I, I don't really see them. I think they're going to give up on that experiment. Not on 2-2 entirely, but just as a punt returner. I, I would hope that um, that they would still, you know kind of teach him a little bit still because you never know injuries come up and uh you know obviously I think with Tutu Atwell he's he's definitely a guy that I see more benefit as a wide receiver if if you know Matthew Stafford can uh dish the ball out out in the open field to him uh more than a return specialist because part of the reason he got hurt was because he was doing a return uh, and uh, did not end well for him. So, you know, and it, it makes sense because, you know, he's a very, very small guy um, getting hit by guys, you know, just trying to make a name for themselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, – and, and honestly, like, I would like him to see get reps in practice, but I don't really even want to see him return punts in the preseason just, like, for what you said. Like, he's small – it's just kind of an unnecessary injury risk, like we've been saying for years about throwing Cooper Cup back there as a punt returner. Yeah, I just don't want it. To me, I would rather not see Cooper Cup return or even just uh, fair catch, you know, uh, any type of return. You know, just just get rid of the idea of Cooper Cup returning the ball ever. Uh, if anything else keep Raymond Calais on, on the roster and have that added protection there so that you don't have to put Cooper cup out there. He's far too valuable to have him out there and get injured for something stupid like that. Right. Yeah. If something happens to pal, you got to figure it out. Um, it's kind of like a kicker, like, you know, when they get hurt, then you worry about the backup, but he's not hurt. So I'm excited to see what he's got um, because Brandon Powell is our favorite player on the team. I don't think you would argue with me on that. We love the guy. Nope. <laughs> he's definitely no, He's just awesome, man. Um, before we get to the schedule, we talked about Stafford real quick. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on this because I honestly have been following this closely because it just seems like I'm just not worried. Um, but they lessened Stafford's workload this week uh, because he felt a little bit of pain that um, – you know, they think that he'll he'll be fine. He could have pushed through it if he had to if it was in the season, but it's not. So they they claim, I'm trying to find the quote uh, from Sean McVay that Jordan Rodrigue tweeted. Um, they said that he was adamant he didn't suffer any sort of setback, said it's an onload, deload. That's part of their plan and managing his, you know, general pain and potential to have future pain. He didn't throw in practice today, today as in Wednesday, August 3rd, uh, but he was at practice. He did work out. 
Nobody's concerned, and I mean, are you concerned? This seems like Stafford has played through everything, and you know, to me, it's like if he shows up to practice and says like his foot fell asleep, sit him for the day is how I feel about it. Like the guy, the guy, like the guy is tough as nails and plays through everything, but he's also kind of made a glass and feels like he throughout his career just always has some type of nagging injury. So, I mean, he's in his mid thirties. If he feels anything, sit him like there's no need. He's going to be fine. Um, And if it's a season, he'll play through it. But right now, early August, no need. I feel like you're talking about Sam Bradford there for a second. Uh, man. Well, he's the opposite. He was also always hurt, but he missed a lot of games. I and I, But I, I want to clarify that. I'm not saying he's not tough because that dude is tough to have played in the situations he was playing here. <laughs> I just felt like he, you know, when Bradford was playing, I was like, please don't trip over a pebble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was made of glass. Yeah, it's unfortunate, really. But uh, uh, I am a little bit concerned because obviously this isn't this is kind of less than ideal that he's still experiencing experiencing a little bit of pain. I hope it's as mundane as, you know, uh, him just, you know, feeling a minor discomfort um, and he's totally fine. If that's the case, then it's a non-issue. Like Steve said, if he if he has so much as, uh, you know, a tickle in his throat or something like that sit him you know <laughs> I, I i i mean really it's not necessary to trot him out there especially in training camp especially i mean he's not going to be in the preseason so um we just need him healthy for the regular season because you essentially know what you have there um you know obviously you want to still get a chemistry with with the rest of his teammates um, and you want him to, you know, get a little bit more familiar second year into this new offense. Um, so yeah, I, I think other than that, it's really not necessary to trot him out there if, if you don't have to. Yeah, it's just, it's just not worth it. And we, we've sat vets for less than this in camp. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we won't see him throwing much until, Week one against Buffalo. Other Rams news from camp. They waived Xavier Jones due to a injury designation. Um, running back, if you don't know who that is, they replaced him with the running back, Trey Ragas. I don't think either of those, these guys would have or will make the team, but uh, just something to note. There was a time where we thought Xavier Jones was going to get meaningful snaps on the Rams. I have to say I'm a, I'm a little bit... Uh, I, I feel a little bit bad for, for Xavier Jones. I mean, this is a guy that essentially, you know, kind of defied the odds a little bit, being an undrafted free agent and, you know, finding a spot on the Rams when there was clearly a, a logjam at, at running back, even if it wasn't, uh, you know, anything, you know, obviously he wasn't going to get any playing time, but still you would hope that he would be able to at least compete this year to to you know stay on on the practice squad at least but you know once again an injury happens and can't help but feel bad for the guy you know yeah well i guess what happens is like he he i think he got a ring even though he was injured in camp last year he did so i guess like 
when you get put on the IR and release in the offseason, you just, like, you hang around on the team. I guess you're just still part of the team. Um, but, yeah, I definitely feel bad for him. It's it's a bummer that he can't stay healthy. At least he has a ring. Yeah, it's a nice piece of hardware. Nobody can take that away from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's finish up the schedule preview. I believe we both had the team 10-3 and three after week 14. Yes, I believe so. I'm pretty sure that's correct. If it's not, somebody let us know. Week 15, we're going back to Lambeau Field, God fucking help us, uh, to take on the Green Bay Packers. Last season, uh, in what feels like a lifetime ago, but in... Ten months ago, the Packers were the best team in the NFL. Um, was that correct? Ten months ago? N- not even. Like, nine months ago. Um, nine months ago, December. They were the best team in the NFL. Uh, they entered the playoffs at, I think they went 13-4. Um, and four. They had the best record in the league. They were the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Debate that. We debated that enough. Uh, the incorrect decision, but MVP. Drop my phone. A lot going on here. Uh, MVP, nonetheless, and they got a buy into the playoffs. They have one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best offenses in the league, and they lose thirteen to ten at home to Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers in one of the saddest games ever. They, the 49ers, put up. 212 yards on offense and they didn't win the turnover battle or anything and they just won the game they had a punt return they blocked a punt that they returned for a touchdown a lot of people blame the game on special teams after this because of that incident for the Packers but to me you have the MVP you score 10 fucking points Um, you don't deserve to win and so it just feels like it's been so tumultuous for the Packers after that. But they pretty much bring everybody back except Devontae Adams and uh, a couple other players, notably like Marquez Valdez-Scantling goes to the Chiefs, really only notable because they need to replace Devontae Adams and they lose another guy. They don't make any you know earth-shattering moves in the offseason besides the Devontae Adams trade. They, they bring in Sammy Watkins to help fill that void, former Ram. Uh, they draft Christian Watson as well at receiver. 
Vegas still likes them. They're plus a thousand in the Super Bowl. That's tied for the third highest odds in the league, just ahead of us. We're plus eleven hundred. And in theory, if you lose one player, you you know, if it's not your quarterback, you should be fine. But how, Johnny? Like, how much do you think that this loss of Devonta Adams is going to be felt? Do you think the Packers will come back? and, like, not miss a beat and be one of the two, three best teams in the league yet again? Uh, yes, I do. I, I I don't think they'll be the top team anymore. I don't think they'll be the team to beat. But I certainly think that um, they're definitely going to be a team that you're going to want to uh, um, – you're going to want to keep them in mind because you can't count, count them out at all. And – and with Aaron Rodgers, even though I believe he shouldn't have been the uh, the MVP last year, he was still a damn good quarterback and probably the best quarterback in football last year. So that being said, losing Devontae Adams was huge. And no doubt about it that Devontae Adams is, is going to be missed. But in the end... We've seen Aaron Rodgers work with less. Devontae Adams has been injured in the past. And Aaron Rodgers has been fine, just as as usual. Um, So I do think that they're going to definitely miss Adams. But in the end, they still have a killer running back core. They still have a damn good defense. And in the end... If, if really their biggest weakness is the receiving core, which, to be honest, isn't terrible. I've seen worse. Um, I th- You are, like, hyping up this receiving core. It's fucking awful, dude. I I wouldn't. I mean, first, I, I think where, where, what I, where I'm kind of up for them is I, I, I like the rookie Christian Watson. I think he's, um, he's certainly someone that, I absolutely want to uh, keep on my fantasy football team. I think this is the guy to go for, sleeper. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like Alan Lazard is is underrated. I, I think uh, Sammy Watkins can benefit from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. It's not terrible, man. It's really not terrible. I think it's one of the worst receiving cores in the league. Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Ooh. Randall Cobb's corpse, Christian Watson, who's hurt. Um <laughs> Romeo Dubes, they drafted in the fourth. Amari Rodgers, they took in the third. You know, if those three guys, the, the, the two rookies and Rodgers, you know, if they amount to something, like, sure. Um, and obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to elevate these guys. And, yeah, you still have A.J. Dillon and um, and you still have Aaron Jones. I don't know why I forgot his name. And you still have Tanyan, I guess. But, like you said, Rodgers has worked with less before, and I, I don't know if he has in a long time uh, the last time Devonta Adams wasn't the leading receiver was 2016 Jordy Nelson led the team receiving the worst unit he's had really over the last I would say like since his his first year as a starter was probably 2015 and their leading receivers was James Jones and Randall Cobb um, I think that was probably Devonta Adams rookie year and I would still take that receiving core over what they currently have. Because uh, I don't think these guys are good. I I think Alan Lazard is... You know, if Alan Lazard was on the Rams, would he 
play. Like he'd be, I think he'd be the fourth receiver. Um, if Sammy Watkins, I I think is cooked. Um, you say he'd benefit from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but he didn't benefit from Pat Mahomes. Um, Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb is old. Uh, and yeah, even if like, We'll see with the rookies. I mean, I I don't dislike any of those guys, but I don't know. And I'm sounding really negative. Like, I still do think this is going to be one of the better teams in the league. I am about to pick them to beat the Rams in this matchup, but I am not buying Packers stock as heavily as I was last year. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's the last couple years have just ended so poorly that I'm kind of surprised that, you know, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to not bring Aaron Rodgers back, and you're not going to not bring Matt LaFleur back. But it's a little surprising that they just haven't, like, taken any swings. And, you know, this year they kind of take the opposite of a swing by trading their second-best player. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think they're going to take a step back. It's not going to be a huge step back. They're still going to make the playoffs. But I don't hold them in the same breath as I hold the Rams and the bucks right now i would put them a tier below it i i don't know i just something about this team it just feels off to me it's um it's certainly not the same packers team like i i feel like i'd be much more confident in this packers team last year than i was this year uh, or this upcoming year but i mean like i said man there's they don't have to really rely on Aaron Rodgers to win to win the games, you know, um, it obviously Aaron Rodgers can and he will. But I mean, this defense is killer. Like I, I don't, I don't think people realize how, just how stacked this defense is. And on top of that, they have one of the best running back duos in, in football. I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever about that. So. Yeah, the receiving core may not be that strong. Doesn't need to be, you know. It really doesn't. Um, but that being said, they're still a dangerous team. Um, and quite frankly, i i don't I don't envision the Rams being able to walk into Lambeau Field. And uh, yeah, I I just. The last time the Rams won in Lambeau Field was 2006. Oof, that's brutal. Uh, but, yeah, the, I I would love to say that the Rams can do that. You know, they can walk into Lambeau Field, pick up the W, but it, it's going to be tough for them to do that. And um, I, I just don't see them doing that this season. Uh so I, I think it's still going to be a close matchup. I don't think they're going to get spanked or anything. But um, I'm going to say that the, the Packers still win 24-17. Yeah, I got the Packers 23-17. Uh, the Rams have lost their last two against Green Bay. They've lost seven of their last eight against Green Bay. Um, and like I said, they haven't won in Lambeau in 2006. In that game, Kevin Curtis caught a touchdown for Mark Bulger. So that's how long ago that game was. <laughs> forgot about Kevin Curtis. Kevin Curtis. Oh. Yeah, man. Eagles legend. Um, Noah Heron ran for 106 yards for the Packers. I you know who that is. Wow. Uh, okay, so we both got them 10-4. and four. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, man. I, their defense is really good. And like, like, they could theoretically just shift their team mentality to being like the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers if they wanted to. Only instead of having Jimmy Garoppolo, they have Aaron fucking Rodgers. And so, like, they shouldn't miss a beat. But I don't know, man. Just something stinks to me. Um, something feels off. And that's Monday Night Football. So that's going to be a big game. Rams struggling Lambeau. After that, though, they head to back to L.A., but host Denver on Christmas. Uh, the Denver Broncos last year, 7-10 and 10 with the smorgasbord of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They had a lot of injuries. They traded Von Miller in the middle of the season. They fired Vic Fangio after the year. All things considered, it could have been worse for that team. Um but they kind of clear the decks, shift it up. They fire Fangio, as I mentioned. They hire, speaking of Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Packers. We talked about the Russell Wilson trade last week. We're going to talk about it again from the other perspective. They give up Drew Locke, no offense, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks for Russell Wilson. Do you believe, Johnny, that this is the right decision for them to push their chips into the table and give up a lot of stuff to bring in Russell Wilson. Are they positioned well enough to make this trade and immediately be a Super Bowl contender? Worked for the Rams, didn't it? It worked for the Rams, but the Rams had been coming off, what, winning seasons in three of the last four years? Very true. Uh, But I'd also argue... That I'd rather have Jared Goff than any of the quarterbacks that that the Denver Broncos have had since what Peyton Manning. The leading passers each season for the Broncos since Peyton Manning are Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Teddy Bridgewater. There you have it, and that's you know the Rams went from Jared Goff, who may not be you know an elite quarterback by any stretch of the means. But they went from Jared uh, Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. They're, <laughs> they're going from Locke to Russell Wilson. Regardless how you feel about Russell Wilson and you know 2022, whether you think he's lost a step or not, he's clearly light years ahead of Locke or Bridgewater for that matter. So in my, my opinion, I think this was a, a great move for them. Do I think they're Super Bowl contender? No, no, not really. But I think they are significantly better with Wilson than they are without him. I, I mean, what's what alternative? You know? Yeah. I, I mean they they could they could try and trade for Garoppolo, right? This is a you know it's kind of like the like a slightly worse version of the situation Peyton Manning walked into where this is a loaded offense, great defense, and they bolstered it up this offseason. They added um, Randy Gregory and DJ Jones to an already top 10 defense. They allowed the third fewest points in the NFL last year. And it's good players in offense. And so you add in Russell Wilson. I I am on the same stance as you. I think this team's going to be much better. They're going to be in the playoffs like, I would be pretty surprised if they aren't. It's really possible that this division puts four teams in the playoffs because it's they're all good. Uh, you know, I was pretty high on the Raiders last week, and I think there's 
less variance for this team than the Raiders? You know, what's the, what's the floor for this team? Nine and eight? Like, I, I would be absolutely fucking shocked if this team has a losing record. Um, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, you know, when the push comes to shove in the playoffs, I think this team's going to go deep. I, I don't. I, I They're really good. Um, they got a lot of good players in offense, even after losing Tim Patrick, uh, unfortunately, this week. Still have Court from Sutton. They still have Jerry Judy. They still have Javante Williams. They still have uh, Melvin Gordon. They're good, man. They're really good. They're going to be a tough out every week. And if Russell can you know, be consistent, uh, they have a chance to go all the way. I'm just not, I think there's a lot of better teams. I mean, I just said all this stuff about the Packers. I still think they're better than this team. But it is a really good team, and I I do not blame them for going this all in because, you know, you mentioned it worked for the Rams, and it worked for Denver when they did it with Peyton Manning. Now, Russell Wilson is not Peyton Manning, but um, sure shit's a first battle Hall of Famer. So this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2015, which feels crazy because, you know, they, they've never been at the bottom of the league, but uh, you kind of got them, man. They, they've had such struggles at quarterback. Yeah, that's that's clearly been the biggest reason why they haven't been to the playoffs recently. You can't win with a Trevor Simeon. You can't win with a Case Keenum, or, well, not much anyway. Uh, you can't win, and you can't win with, with Drew Locke. It, you, you just can't. They're plus 1,600 to win the Super Bowl. That's tied for the seventh, uh, which is the same as San Francisco. I would definitely think San Francisco – well, it's, it's tough because I think San Francisco is better, but they have more variance at the quarterback position. So I don't know. Um, I don't make that bet, but they're they're definitely a good team. Yeah, I, I would pick the 49ers over the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's kind of one of those situations where, like, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's that interesting to talk about. You add on Russell Wilson, they're obviously way better. Obviously, their ceiling is clearly a Super Bowl. Their floor is still pretty high. And we just kind of got to see what happens. You know, like, let's see. Let's rock. What can this guy do in a new situation? What can he do without Pete Carroll, who's never played without Pete Carroll? Um, I I am excited to see how this plays out. This is a really interesting team. A lot of good players in offense. I'm drafting them all in fantasy. Love Melvin Gordon and his value. Um Rams against Denver. Obviously, we don't play this team very often. We've won the last four against Denver. The last time the Broncos beat us was in 2002. Johnny, can you name the Denver Broncos quarterback in that win in 2002? Ooh, was it was it Jake Plummer? That's who I thought it was. Uh, it was before Jake Plummer. It was Brian Greasy. Wow. So that's, Damn, that's a name, right? That's a name, man. That was a... That was a long time ago. Uh, I looked at the box score for that game. The leading rusher was Olandis Gary with 37 yards for the Broncos. Don't know who that is. Um, Clinton Portis ran for 34 yards. That's another name. Marshall Falk ran for 19 on 10 carries. So was an ass beaten for the Rams by Denver, apparently, if Marshall Falk's running 10 times for 20 yards. Uh, the last time Denver won in L.A. was in 1982. So... Rams have had Denver's number over the last few years. Obviously, haven't played much in L.A. since really since we moved back. I 
Prediction-wise, man, I am not going to sit here and ever predict Russell Wilson to beat the Rams' defense. And so I've got the Rams beating the Broncos 24-13. to That being said, this is obviously a game we could easily lose. Uh, Russ might be more motivated than ever to win this game with his shiny new team over there. But I just it's kind of like I can't pick the Rams to go into Green Bay and beat the Packers. I can't pick the Russell Wilson to beat the Rams anytime soon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know the uh, you you can't you can't choose you you simply can't choose uh, Russell Wilson to win over over the Rams defense. I, I mean, it, he's like the he's like basically a tackling dummy for Aaron Donald. There's just <laughs> he he actually left to the AFC West to escape Aaron Donald, only to find out. That he's still he's still on the schedule, um, but no no big deal for for him because you know he only faces them once rather than twice. Uh, that being said, yeah, I, I have the Rams winning pretty uh, pretty decisively. I, I still think it's not going to be you know an ass kicking or anything like that, but I think the Rams are going to end up pulling away thirty four to twenty. Any chance you're liking Russell Wilson? As an MVP candidate this year? No. <laughs> I want to look up his odds. Um, I, I, I I like Russell Wilson. I do. And I don't think he's washed like some people seem to think. I don't know how you would think he's washed. Uh, and maybe it's because he, you know, struggled last year with the Seahawks. But, I mean, come on. The Seahawks in general struggled. But, yeah, there's no way he wins MVP. Yeah, like he's so he's so clearly not washed. That's uh that's a wild take. I don't I don't know if DraftKings has MVP. Season specials. Oh, I don't know. We're wasting podcast time with this. Uh okay, so we both have the Rams eleven and three now? Eleven and four. Eleven and four. Uh this team is much more interesting. Week seventeen the first battle at SoFi Stadium. We are on the road, in quotes, against the Los Angeles Chargers. First time in SoFi. This is the second time we've had an L.A. versus L.A. matchup, but the last time was at the Coliseum. The Rams won 35-23 back in 2018. The Chargers, I think, are one of the most interesting teams in the league. Um, they are a fun pick as a Super Bowl contender. They are plus 1,400 odds. It's higher than... Uh, Denver, as I mentioned, still behind us, though. But this is a team that's got a lot going for it. You know, they didn't really lose any major, major players. Um, and they bolster their team. They bring, uh, well, let's talk about last season first. One of the best young quarterbacks in the league. They bring in Brandon Staley from the Rams. Uh, a lot's going well for this team. It seems like they're going to, like, everyone's getting ready for the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, first round 
matchup. Um, Austin Eckler's cooking. You got Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams. But all that being said, they go nine and eight, and they lose to the Raiders in the last game of the season and miss the playoffs. Um, and that's it. And this is a team that a lot of people are picking to go to the Super Bowl to be a Super Bowl contender. Um, you look at their team last year they had one of the best offenses in the league but they were not good on defense they gave up the fourth most points in the league uh per game just so for context on who the teams around them are this is the top six teams that gave up the most points the jets the lions the falcons the chargers the jaguars and the texans so every other team was trash and then the chargers um with one of the better offenses in the league to solve that problem, they go out, they bring in J.C. Jackson, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams, and the big uh, blockbuster deal they made, bringing in Khalil Mack for a second-round pick uh, and some other mid-round picks. So I guess my question is, Johnny, there's a this team has a lot going for it. Um, it is a loaded team on both sides of the ball. Uh, we just named all, you know, all these players on – Denver and on Green Bay I think top to bottom this is probably the best depth chart on paper of those three teams but do we believe that this team after going nine and eight missing the playoffs can actually put these pieces together and be a legitimate contender oh absolutely I um I want to go on record in saying that uh I think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West I, I'm I'm willing to go that far. Um, I don't think it's that controversial to say, to, to be honest, but there are a lot of people that still believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat. Understandable, understandable, but I just think that the Chargers have a lot going for them. They're, they may not be perfect in all aspects of their game, but, it, you know, they don't have many weaknesses. Um, they're offense can be brutal if they stay healthy i think their offensive line has gotten to be one of the better ones in in the league um justin herbert is looking to be you know one of the better quarterbacks in the league if not a top five quarterback by the end of it all um it's it's very interesting to see what exactly the chargers will end up you know and you know record wise but I, I really have a lot of confidence in them. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that they'll be, you know, representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, but um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out either. Yeah, I think they're really fucking good, man. Um, and I think they will make that leap. Justin Herbert going to the year three, guy's a monster. I think he will take another step. Um, Definitely a guy you could see being an MVP candidate. He, um, They have the weapons. Austin Eckler is really good. Mike Williams is really good. Keenan Allen's really good. Um, Sign Gerald Everett. That means anything to anyone. Uh, I think he's an upgrade from Jared Cook. You know, that shouldn't come as a surprise on our 200th episode that I'm saying that. Um, yeah, man, it's just a really fucking good roster. Um, and I think unlike the... You know, with Green Bay, like, it's not like Green Bay is going to take a leap. Like, if anything, they'll be the same team as last year, but maybe a little worse. Um, Denver can take a leap, but, you know, we've seen Russell Wilson play for 10 years. We know what his ceiling is. We don't know what Justin Herbert's ceiling is. For all we know, it could be Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, he's a really good player, and I don't think like like I don't Eckler, Williams, Allen. That's a great trio of skill players. I don't think they're going to fall off this year. Um, and I think those moves they made on defense will help shore that up. And obviously, with Brandon Staley as a head coach, you know, in theory, that defense should improve. Um, I like this team, man. I, I am also not going to predict them to go and go to the Super Bowl, but I think to me that I probably, if I was ranking the teams in the AFC, I'd have them second. And yeah, I think they're the best team in the division too. I would, I would bet on them to win the division if I wanted to make a bet on this division. Uh, although I do love the Raiders odds, but I think there's a chance that team's not good. And I don't really think there's a chance this team's not good. I would be shocked if they don't have double digit wins. They had tough. I will, I, I will bring this up to you, Steve, because uh, <laughs> I, I you brought him up, and I'm just curious. Do you think that J.C. Jackson is going to be as impactful in Los Angeles as he was uh, in New England? Uh, you know, I will be honest. Because it's our 200th episode. <laughs> I have not watched enough of J.C. Jackson to answer that question. I want. I want to know your answer. I, I don't think so. Damn. I, I think he's he's a talented corner. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that he'll be terrible. He's going to be a major drop off or anything like that. But I don't think he's the home run that people suggest he is. I don't know. Like I feel like he's just kind of overhyped. Um, but I. I mean. It's going to make a difference still just because, as Steve kind of brought up uh, with the statistics earlier, the the Chargers' defense was trash. They needed all the help they can get. So it so J.C. Jackson will only make them better. Uh, yeah, but how much better? Is I don't the think question. they're bringing him in to be Jalen Ramsey, right? Um, they can't. And they drafted Asante Samuel Jr. last year, the rookie in his first year. So, theory, he should be better. Um Derwin James was injured last year, right? Yeah, for most of the year, I would say. So, obviously, you know, he's probably their second-best player on that side of the ball, so that's a massive, um, you know, win to get him back, hopefully, for the for the full year. Uh, this is not even true. He was injured in 2020. Uh, we were a year off. Yeah, well, there you have it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just also, like, it's hard for me to believe a defense with Brandon Staley, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and um, Khalil Mack is going to be that big of a nosebleed again. It would be very shocking. I, <laughs> I would be, I would be too shocked if if it was just a terrible defense again. Yeah, I I just can't see it. I think this game is going to be a shootout i think it's gonna be a really fun game um i would be shocked if they don't put this game on national tv some way or one way or another i think the rams do pull away i don't think they're losing to the chargers in their in their you know it's a chargers home game but i don't think the rams are losing themselves in that game i think uh the rams win 41 to 38 i can't wait to see um what the crowd looks like at an all la football game it's going to be interesting. I'm really sure. excited for that because, um, you know, as we've said on many occasions, the Rams off fan base has come a long way since we got here. But, um, you know, there are going to be games this year where I still feel like away games. 
And this one's the opposite, where the Rams are playing on the road. It's the same, but it's the same place. Chargers home game, and I feel like we will have probably substantially more fans there. I don't know. I don't think LA cares for this team yet. You're there, dude. Does anyone care about the Chargers there? No, <laughs> not at all. The um, I I am I am looking forward to seeing <laughs> how this ends up. It, I, I'm actually curious if the game will all sell out, you know? It, it's just kind of weird because you would think, like, a, a first cross-town rival game, or, well, not even cross-stadium rival team, I, I, I guess that would be more accurate. We call it the Subway Series here in New York, Johnny. I don't know what the L.A. equivalent is, the, the stuck-in-highway-traffic-for-an-hour series. Well, in baseball, we call it the freeway series, but uh, I don't know if that's accurate in this case. Well, they're the same place. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and with the Lakers and the Clippers, they called it the, the hallway series, so maybe that? I should know this because I live in New York, and the Giants and Jets have been in the same situation, but I actually don't know what they call that. <laughs> that's interesting. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be... I think the, the more interesting aspect of this game is just how many fans are going to be there. I, I am genuinely curious, and uh, I may have to go to this game, Steve. I, I may have to go to this one. That's a good one uh, to go to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I'm definitely going to be repping my Rams gear. And, yeah, there's 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 a lot of games I want to go to this year, man. I, I wish I was a season ticket holder, but, man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, like, I don't know if I could, uh, like, that seems like a game I actually made, like, uh, well, what's the date of that game? I probably can't go to that. But, like, I don't know if I could justify flying out to L.A. for my first Rams game and it still technically being a road game, even though it's not. <laughs> like, that would just that would just be kind of outrageous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get to my uh, prediction here. Yeah, no way the Rams are going to, you know, uh, lose their first stadium series. I'm just going to call it the stadium series. Uh, the SoFi series. There we go. Yeah, there uh, we go. Because stadium series definitely not even remotely close to a correct term here. No, the, the SoFi series. SoFi series is great. Uh, so the I'll say the Rams are going to win. Um, I'll say thir- 34 to 24. All right. So we both got the Rams winning this one. Um, according to the Giants-Jets rivalry Wikipedia page, they refer to it as the shortest trip in the league, uh, which is now tied with us. Uh, and they also refer to it as a sibling rivalry, since both teams play at the same stadium. Sounds kind of lame. Yeah, not great. Not great names. Uh, I mean, the the Subway series is hard to top. That's a, that's a great name. No. No, there's no way that tops that even remotely. Apparently, they call the Knicks-Nets rivalry the Battle of the Burroughs, the Battle of New York. Still not great. You see, that sounds that sounds so much better. It's better, though. yeah, it's better. Uh, I, when they played in New Jersey, the Nets, they called it the Turnpike Classic. That's that's a good name. Yeah, that that actually sounds like, damn, I need to I need to go to that, you know? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think anyone has cared about the Nets since they moved, so uh, it was probably a lot more fun. Yeah. All right, week 18, we're at the end of the... What'd you say? I was just going to say, kudos to Knicks fans, man. They 
They go through a lot year in and year out. And well, like when we're talking about the Chargers too, like because I always think of the Nets, like it's really hard to put a second team in a big market that's already established. Um, and like, I don't really see Nets fans ever. I see tons of Knicks fans. Uh, I know a small handful of Nets fans and I know a shitload of Knicks fans. Um, they're just not that popular. They've been here for almost 10 years now. And with the chargers, it's like, it was already hard to put the Rams in LA. You know, I would say that you, if we did the math and maybe this has changed since the Rams have been successful, these could be the two smallest fan bases in the league currently. I would say, um, I would be shocked if they're not both bottom five. And I think the Rams will continue to move up that list. I think we're building a big fan base right now, especially with how good we've been. Uh, and even if the Chargers are good, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much, how they will grow that fan base when, um, LA has a lot of transplants and those people are not becoming fans of these teams. Um, and a lot of people who are already established there have already have teams. I mean, Johnny, if you grew up a, uh, I don't know if you grew up a Raiders fan, would you have switched to the Rams when they moved? Like probably not. Right? No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I stuck with the Rams when they moved. So, uh, they just happened to move back. But, uh, Oh, man, I feel like I need a shower after that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really a, a weird thing, like the whole LA fan base, because it's just such a weird area. Because there's so many fans of other teams, because they would they went 20 years without a team, you know? Yeah, uh, and it's like. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, maybe maybe it's different with you guys with like the Angels, but it's like in New York at least, like the when the Mets showed up, when the Jets showed up, um, there wasn't like national TV to like get attached to teams. Probably just went to games and started liking the teams. Um, and with LA, you know, like <laughs> the Clippers have been there for fucking sixty years, and I feel like they apparently have a fan base too. Uh, no doubt it's it's a laker town for sure just like it's a dodger town and as much as i hate to say it it's it's the usc town and not the ucla town but uh ucla still better <laughs> yeah debatable uh week 18 the rams travel to seahawks travel to seattle it's, sorry i got this late uh they travel to seattle to end the season um will this game mean anything no, not really. You know, I was thinking that at first, but because there's only one buy spot, um, it might. You know, it's going to be a pretty boring game, I feel like, whether it means anything or not. But I don't know. We have the Rams 12-4 at this point, right? Like, do you think they'll still have a chance at the buy? Do you think anyone will... I'm assuming we're both going to have the Rams going 13 and four. I feel that got, that got the Packers to buy last year and they were tied with um, the bucks for that spot. I don't really see anyone else putting up that kind of win total this year. I mean, maybe the bucks again, just because their division sucks. 
but I don't know. I feel like if the Rams go thirteen and four, they should get the bye. Yeah, and and I think I think even if the Rams were kind of competing with the team like the Bucks or the Packers for for the for the bye, I feel like this may be a game where Sean McVay says, uh, hell with it, let's just sit um let's sit our starters and rest them for for the playoffs, you know, as long as we make it. You think that know. he would throw away the bye? I kind of think he would. I don't I, know, man. It, it just uh it's just how Sean McVay is. Like he he always kind of puts the the health of his starters before everything else and maybe if he really really wants that buy that he he does start everybody but i imagine he's going to try and get them out as soon as possible um because i i don't know man i i just it just seems like a Sean McVay thing to do to 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 not you know throw in your starters for this game it's kind of a meaningless game and uh, I mean, obviously, if if the Rams don't have a chance at the bye, which I think they should, if, given their record, um, or if they, or if if they know that they're gonna get the bye, yeah, I think that they they sit the starters regardless. Then, but uh, I, it's just kind of a weird situation for me. I I think at this point he may sit sit the starters anyway, no matter what. I don't know. I feel like they will either be competing for the bye or they will be competing for the division if they're not competing for the bye. And so, I mean, because, yeah, like, let's say it comes down to the Rams and the Packers and both have to win this week to get the bye. And so is it is it worth playing your starters to not have to face a seven seed the next week? I feel like yes. Um, but you know, crazier shit has happened, but I don't know. Um, and when you look at like who the seven seed would be, if you're assuming the Rams, the 49ers, the Packers, the Cowboys, I guess, and the Bucks are all there. And then maybe the, <laughs> you're still going to like, if the Cardinals get the six seed, it's like the Vikings, the Eagles, uh, or the Cardinals, like none of those teams scare you, but I would still rather have a bye. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I absolutely want the bye, but we'll see. You got any lingering Seahawks questions? I think I'm good. Nah, I they're gonna be trash. I got the Rams twenty six thirteen wrapping up a thirteen and four campaign. Yeah, I I see that the Rams are. Even if they they do play the starters, I see them trying to get them out as fast as they can. So yeah, twenty seven twenty one, the Rams win, finish the season thirteen and four on route to the Super Bowl. The, at least for me, I feel like this has got to be the most bullish I've been on the Rams in a long time coming into the season. Uh, I think last year I probably had twelve and five in this exercise. I definitely wouldn't have had close to thirteen wins in twenty twenty. I might have in twenty nineteen, but I don't know. I remember in 2018 when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, 
I got all kinds of hell for for the Rams having you know uh, predicting a pretty good record for them, and they ended up going to the Super Bowl. So I I was happy. I'm hoping were, to have this same turnaround here. Yeah, you were correct there. Yeah, it's gonna be um, you know, it it's gonna be interesting in to see twenty twenty. What'd you say? Was not correct in twenty twenty. No, yeah, nobody was. Um. It's gonna be interesting to see how much drive this team comes out with coming off a of Super Bowl. If they have a Super Bowl hang hangover or not, I feel like they won't. Um, I feel like there's a lot of guys on the team who just really love the game, uh, and also get paid lots of money to love the game, even if they don't. So I I'm optimistic there won't be a hangover here, and assuming there's no injury issues with Stafford, I I mean. I would be pretty surprised. I will say I'd be surprised they don't win the division. I think a Trey Lance led 49ers team should not be on our, like they're going to take, they're going to need to get a groove. Uh, I don't think they should finish with a better record than us. I would hope not, but any given Sunday and all. Yeah. You never know. Cardinals have potential. Um, We'll see. I, so yeah. That's it. Another schedule preview in the books. Uh, Johnny, to wrap up the show today, um, obviously I'm not an L.A. guy, but L.A. legend Vince Scully passed away this week. Uh, So if you want to talk about your guy. Absolutely. So um, in case you've lived under a rock for the past 24 hours, uh, unfortunately, we lost an icon. Um and not even just in the baseball world, but the city of Los Angeles and uh, in the sports world in general. He was the voice of the Dodgers and Vince Scully. And it's unfortunate um, to have lost him. Um, 94 years, though, uh, 94 very meaningful years. And after a 67-year career, I mean, the man deserves his rest. So, uh uh, I'd like to offer a moment of silence to respect uh, Vince Coley. Ninety-four, man, that's a hell of a run. Died, yeah. worked until his late eighties, so yeah, so that's a legend right there. R.I.P. And I have to say, though, uh, one of the reasons why I I kind of wanted to step into um, writing and and uh, even having the courage to do a podcast or doing any form of public speaking is because of Vince Scully. I mean, the the man was a true legend, a storyteller, and there's just not a good, enough good things to say about him. Uh, I think L.A. in general has been very blessed with legendary commentators, uh, even going back to the late Chick Hearn. Um, but yeah, losing uh, uh, a legend like that just it sucks. Yeah, that's a it's an irreplaceable icon. Do you know what the first podcast you ever listened to was? You know, I'm not entirely certain. Um, I'd have to really think about that. Do you know? I used to download episodes of ESPN's NBA Today podcast on my iPod Nano. Uh, in like 2008, uh, Ryan Rossillo hosted it, which is funny because he actually had like a, that was like his first like gig. Uh, now he's a big name. 
So yeah, I do remember that, and I used to listen to the the part in the interruption podcast on my iPod as well. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I I used to love part in the interruption and around the horn. Yeah, because I mean, the early days of podcasting, it was just like taking shows and radio and just putting them out for to listen to later, uh, which is still a big part of podcasting. But it was like, um, before like people became household names on podcasts. Crazy. All right. Well, that's 200, man. What a run. Great, great time. Uh, and we recorded this, you know, keeping with tradition, we recorded this at 10 p.m. East Coast time. So I'm going to get off and try to go to bed. Uh, thank you guys for listening now. And to any of these, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Superbarrow, at Johnny5.6, at Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally, I think we ain't done yet.